for all the honor telling what a join we from all the sea islands and things like that to take this uh, black history journey to celebrate we legacy and who we be. We be Gullah Geechee, anointed people. Honor telling we so glad that Honor tune in one more again to this year. We show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year the Queen Quet head put the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation so glad it's a celebrate black History Month and our story month and our story to every day, 365, 366, right here in the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Kakalaki to Jacksonville, Florida. So we're so glad to a day, y'all. One more again, pun, we show Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio sponsored by the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, where each Monday we keep up listening to the living legacy and pay ancestral homage. So this evening, we want to take a moment of silence for Sojourner Truth, for the 20 Peaches of Adia and Savu, Bakiona, for the setting where people are studying what now called Reconstruction, that crack it so much about that. We will pay homage to them this evening because of what we do get ready for crack we peep out for this year, yeah, and what we like to be. And so, honey, chillin', take yourself, more solid. Ashe, 
Ashe. Ashe. Well, we're so glad that Hunter Tillman joined. We won more again for this show, Black History Month and things like that. Now, plenty of Hunter Tillman were in the Yeti Sunday broadcasting thing for last week. I ain't getting none of them from back Yona for other years and things like that. You might not understand, well, why do you celebrate this show? Why you got February and things like that? Why take this as short as month and things like that? Ain't no such a thing. Okay? So we go crack we tea to leave it but that, and then we go grind on into the subject for this evening. So, just to recap, once again, Black History Month was founded by Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Dr. Carter G. Woodson also founded the Association for the Study of Negro History. Negro History and culture. So here we go. Now we have the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, which is ASALA. And so here it is ASALA does an annual conference, luncheon, and everything. Last year, many of you attended because it was here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, right in Chucktown. Now, while they were here, they did a few field trips and things like that. The interesting thing is that. More often not, I think that every celebration I've seen, even those done by Asala, are those that miss the mark in terms of truly hearing the voices of those who are the descendants of a particular story in a particular place. Now, Gullah Geechis were there during an opening presentation while people went on a field trip to areas where we live, where we should have been hosting them in those areas where we live because there's a value to knowing the story as it has been passed down through all history, through all tradition, into families. And then to determine from hearing from that, coupled with written documentation, or in most cases when it comes to black history, the lack thereof. When we start to examine the work of Dr. Carter G. Woodson, we realize he was addressing the lack thereof. He wanted to fill a major catastrophic of epic proportion size gap of not having the pages of his story, our story, black history, written for people to read. And he knew that being a doctor himself, being an intellectual himself, he realized that if it were not in a written format, the Western world wouldn't receive it as fact. Interestingly enough, there are things called the WPA, Works Project Administration Interviews, that many people are making money off of right now. They simply go to Washington, D.C., and even now with the Internet, go through, scroll through, and amass the things that people wrote down when they went and did field research in the early 1900s, or Neil Hurston was one of those folks, God bless the dead, that collected the stories of people from that time. And all they did was sit with them and talk and document it. But they documented it in written form. When recordings came about, many recordings would get transcribed, and some people still do that in academia today, and of course courts do that all the time. But now, when that written word goes down on paper, there should still be a vetting process by those who live the culture 
prior to that being accepted as a gospel of what was going on and what was really said by the people simply because there are nuances to cultural statements. There are nuances to the way communities and culture see things. And it's through that lens that folks see things that you want to examine them for the totality of what was their reality. Now, without having them here to argue their case, one might say in court, well, it's hearsay otherwise. But interestingly enough, if it's written down, it's not considered hearsay anymore. For the twist, right? Well, the Western world established that, that pattern of behavior that many of us are still dealing with, that we're suffering from, that we're grappling with, that we're fighting with, that we're having to challenge. Because each and every year now, the celebration of Black History Month, because it evolved from the celebration of Negro History Week, where Dr. Carter G. Woodson wanted to take that which was now documented things and celebrate these things, share them through lectures and events and activities that were very intellectual at first, that now people have turned Black History Month into almost a free fall. It can be about parties. It can be just about repetitive things, rote exercise, talk about the same two to five black people out of these millions of black people who've accomplished things. Only talk about the civil rights movement. Only talk about anything that you feel is, as some might say, in your wheelhouse, and that's unacceptable. Each and every year, Black History Month, which is February in the United States, and it was not established because it's the shortest month of the year. It was established because it started off as Negro History Week and expanded to a month of Negro History Week started in February between Frederick Douglass's birthdays and Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln's birthdays. And that's why it expanded into February. Well, in England, and many of you who watch Gullah Geechee TV, you saw me in England again for Black History Month. That was my first time. Been there a few times for their Black History Month, which is in October. The shocking reality for me was the fact that when I first went to Black History Month programming in England and saw that there were there was a multicultural group or a biracial group of people in the audience because I hadn't seen that in North America. I used to saw black people at Black History Month events. And then the speakers were all Anglo. They were all white. There were no black speakers. That was ridiculous and insane to me. And I felt it was something that would truly make Dr. Carter G. Woodson roll over in his grave. Well, I thought I'd never live to see such a travesty in the U.S. under the guise of multicultural education, I think that teachers nowadays are doing a disservice to the students because they are coddling the students and making them think that everybody has to participate in everything as opposed to trying to help them hone their individual talents and figure out and help them direct themselves to what 
their talents and their gifts seem to be. That's what our teachers used to try to do. As they saw that you excelled physically, they would try to push you with athletics. They would try to get your academics, but they would also kind of push you into athletics. And they would they would work with you. They'd coach you. They would celebrate you, but they would also teach you if you lose, that's not the end of the world. So what is happening now is under the guise of saying, well, we want to teach everybody's story, I'm seeing things where there has no historic context for why there would be an Anglo person in a particular role or Anglo child there happening. There's no logic to saying you're talking about a subject such as transatlantic slave trade and then or reconstruction for that matter. And instead of you allowing the African-American or the black children in the class to take the lead for that one month, for one time, for all year, you have 12 months a year. You teach basically white male history (laughs) for 12 months of the year. You don't stop during February. How is it that you can't bring yourself as an adult, you're a teacher, you're an adult, how is it you can't bring yourself to think about What's going to happen to the psyches of the children if you don't accurately depict who the people are? I get it. I learned that in school that when we studied Shakespeare that we were now making sure that in Romeo and Juliet, Juliet was played by a girl, Romeo was played by a guy, and all these other folks that played soldiers and stuff pretend to be played by guys and all of that. I get that that we were then put in gender-specific roles, and also if Othello was done, a black man like Denzel Washington is who I first saw play Othello, okay, because Othello was black. Why would we now put Othello as a white person? We're going backwards as far as I'm concerned. If we now are, instead of going ahead and making sure that the black students are the ones that present black history in school in the sense of if it's a play or if it's a movie or video they're shooting, the roles that were literally those of black people prior to these children even being around should still be played by them. And you shouldn't feel some pressure to have to just put one of the Anglo children on screen with them or on stage with them for the African dance routine or for the the actual line for a play or production. Now, what you can do is do what all black kids have had to do. We have had to write papers and read books and do everything that had to do with everybody's history except our own over the years. So why don't you do something intellectual like that with all students? Have them read black books for the entire month of February, no matter what the class is, and then come back and do reports on what black people did stuff. And don't tell me, oh, you don't find a way that you can do that, because if it's science class, there are numerous black inventor stories out there. If it's history class, let's not even talk about it. We're talking about Black History Month already. If it is English class, once again, you need to read, do composition, do essays, so on, so forth. If it's athletics, if it is PE, you should take some time this month to celebrate the legacy and the history of black athletes. 
Now, it's an election year. So isn't it interesting that this year, Asala decided the theme for Black History Month would be African Americans and the vote. African Americans and the vote. It was not for nothing. So once again, you have an opportunity if you're going to teach based on the theme of Black History Month to separate the class. I would do an actual workshop where the class is seated the way it would have been during segregation. You might want to do an exercise where all the white children can come in the room first. Then they let them wonder how come their black classmates, their African-American classmates, can't get in the room. Then let them in the room, but don't let them sit down. When eventually you let them sit down, let them sit in the back. These things leave an indelible mark on people's minds if they physically experience something. And I'm telling you this because I developed a mechanism for teaching history. I've been doing it over 40 years. That's called histomusical presentation. In so doing, people experience something, and that experience is what they take home. That experience is what they can speak from. Yes, yeah, some of them might cry. Yes, some of them might get angry. The black children might storm the door. You might need to just deal with that yourself. And if you, as an adult, are not even psychologically and emotionally mature enough to deal with that, maybe you shouldn't be a teacher because maybe you're not mature enough to educate. So everything in America is not fun, has never been fun for people of African descent. And here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, we were on the front lines of a lot of the hardship because even when it came down to time for us to get an opportunity to be those people that would vote, here was all this opposition to those that we elected to be our leaders, to go to the, what they now call the Reconstruction Congress. And so we have a situation where folks are going to let this month come and let it go and would not have really done a thorough representation or examination of what this month really, really could represent in terms of educating all the people in a correct way, in an accurate way, in a way that, yes, is not going to be so palatable to everybody. It may bring some tears, but those tears would be necessary ones that would come ahead of the healing that could take place. It could also serve as tears that were wiped away had cleansed the eyes and so that now the eyes of enlightenment could come forth. So it's critical that we really sit back and start to look at 
what has gone on. Many of you who follow us at Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, and we also have Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio on Facebook as well. If you follow us, you probably are very likely to have already seen the photographs from just a few weeks ago, where not a few weeks ago, a week ago, where Reconstruction Buford's Advisory Council met. I am one of the advisors for Reconstruction Buford, and we have the Reconstruction National Historic Park in my home county, Buford, South Carolina, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Well, this topic of voting became really personal to me when I first got an opportunity to depict my ancestors, and I played a man, actually, and reconstruction the Second Civil War documentary that was done by PBS several de- a couple of decades ago now. And here it is. The reason it became so personal to me is because I went out into the community. It was a Sunday we were shooting on, and I went out into the community with one of the executive producers and the casting folks. They were having a hard time getting local Gullah Geechis to come out and be a part of the shooting. And so they were trying to find out what to do. And so we went into the community, but I kept telling them that we are not going to do that on Sunday. But we're going to pay the extras. We don't care. It's Sunday. So folks were stunned. They were a little shocked, you know, because folks who work in movies and stuff, they think everybody want to be in the movie. I said, not necessarily. So we went out, and they asked me, would I go with them? Because there was a church. We were literally on the other side of a train track. We went over to the church over there. And the pastor knows actually let me come in there and speak to the congregation and let them know if they wanted to, after church was over, they'd come on over there, make a few dollars to shoot this movie. When we got back on the set, we got back right at the moment that my stepfather and my brother, God bless the dead, were going up the steps to drop ballots in the box. They were depicting our ancestors that had fought so long and so hard to actually get the right to vote. And Dr. Amir Jamal Ture, who we're waiting on to call into the show tonight, was also in that lineup of reenactors and actors going up these steps to drop this ballot in the box. And what was so powerful is that, of course, they're standing there and they're animated, they're in living color as they're doing this. You can see them and look at these wooden steps and you see the bro grant, the boots and things, going up the seven things like that and see the hands over the box. It brought to life the Harper's Weekly sketches that I'd seen before. 
as I did research in those same kind of archives where I mentioned WPA interviews and the like could be found. And it, I'd seen the images on many books in the Gullah Geechee Al Kibulan archive of these men who many times had walked miles, miles to have the same thing that they had seen the people who had previously enslaved them and who were now threatening them to lynch them and to kill them and to shoot them, to have the same right that they had, the right to vote. So it was a powerful thing to watch. My stepfather, Samuel Brown, Jr., my brother, Ronald Goodwine, and Dr. Mia Jamal Teray, as they brought life to these men again, it was truly a reenactment because they enacted the power and the bodies and the spirits of these men that had given their lives that they were willing to die if necessary to go and to vote. But when was all this? This was in the 1800s. Because, again, many of you, like I'm saying, the teachers are doing a disservice right now by making Black History Month multicultural instead of making it Black History Month. Give the black students the opportunity to step forward in the class and to teach their story from their lens, from their perspective. Let them animate the stories. Let them bring forth the truth. Let the other students read dialogue. They have all year to present on all other topics. It makes a difference what you see as well as what you hear and what you read. And what you hear comes from the oral history, the oral tradition that many times is still not respected. But then when somebody hears it and they make a movie or now make a YouTube video, all y'all believe it. You quote it, you show it. But those that are thinking about not voting, especially black folk, African-American folk, Gullah Geechee folk, that thinking about not voting, I want you to think about the blood that you have in the spill. Because it's as if you're trying to lynch and kill our ancestors over again because you're saying what they fought for, what they walked miles for, what they were threatened about, and they survived it and they thrived and they built businesses meant nothing. Because it ain't hurting you. Ain't nobody threatening you about you going to vote, now. But everything about your existence in America may be threatened if you don't vote. I know some of y'all say, well, even if when I vote, it don't look like nothing changed. Well, what are you doing to bring about change in your community? What are you doing to stand like these men did? Are you animating their story? So a lot of y'all watched documentaries. You watched Netflix. You saw 13th. Well, let's talk about the 15th Amendment. The 15th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution was adopted in 1870, five years after the end of the U.S. Civil War. Okay? Five years later. That's when black men got the right to vote, not women. Be clear. Not women. Women had to wait till 1920 
to get the national right to vote. 1920. I'll leave that math to you. Y'all know I'm a mathematician, but I like giving homework too. I'm gonna leave that math to you. On how how far distance apart was that? That the men got to vote until when the women got to vote. So we have to begin to think about the word elect. Not only about the elections and who we're electing into office now, but what you elect to do and what you elect not to do. So since I knew I wanted to talk about this theme, African Americans and the vote, I wanted to call on someone who just stood with me again this year as we both were honored with the Black Excellence Award back in January. He received the Social Justice Award when I received the Gullah Geechee Gatekeeper Award for Black Excellence. And he received an honor he is duly deserves for social justice because he has been standing up for decades and enacting our ancestral stories, but also challenging those of us in the present to say there's something you can do now. And what you do now becomes the history that people read in the books later on and that folks like him teach in their classes later on. I bring to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio tonight my brother, Dr. Amir Jamal Teray. Yes, he's a tiger from South Carolina State University, the HBCU, one of them right here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. What's going on? As-salamu alaykum, Dr. Teray. <laughs> Greetings, Queen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Greetings, greetings, greetings to the family. Yep, and yes. listen to you, that, that, that foolishness, that madness we get caught up into, and, uh, you know, it's, it's blowing my mind that, again, some of us do go and say, we don't, we don't um, I can vote for somebody, and it don't matter. If I don't vote for somebody, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does always matter, because it controls stuff with regards to your education. It controls stuff yeah. with regards to how you live. It controls stuff with regards to the income that you got right now. Yes, it does. Yeah. And see, the only people who tell you not to do that are the ones who don't have an interest in you. They don't have there an interest go. in you. And I tell folks, it's about us understanding. You know, like I told some people yesterday, your world ain't my world. Your world ain't my world. Because right. I know That's for right. a fact that when I look at young brothers and sisters walking around here and they got school systems that are not looking out for them, not empowering them, guess what? You got elected officials on those boards, on those Come school on. boards. You got county right. commissioners that, yeah, I got at a Queen Quest. I'll tell you this, two weeks ago, um, I went through some stuff out there. I said, you got elected officials, county co- county commissioners or county uh, directors, how, whatever you have them for your counties, they're not even enacting laws or policies that help you regarding your property, your family property. So okay. you elect some people or you don't elect them. So they still affect who you are So you lose your property. Then you got state representatives, state senators. Also, I said not making creating any policies. I told somebody they're not creating any policies in regards to air property issues that we have in our community, so we lose our property. Gentrification, right. we got all that happening. We got pollution in our environments, environmental injustice happening. Nobody right. has a concern. You're gonna try to tell me that your vote don't matter. Fool, get out of here with that craziness. And I'm calling you a fool. That's, that's right. right. Somebody might get offended. I ain't concerned you get offended. I'm speaking out the truth because that is foolishness. When you say some stuff like that. So I listen to you, Queen. I'm like, yeah, 
she called she called yep. it out. She called it out. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew I could have this dialogue with you because, you know, we do get caught up in a lot of foolishness and nonsense, but, you know, you've heard the statement. You've probably even said the statement just like I have, that those who don't know history are destined to repeat it. And so, you know, when we're talking about celebrating Black History Month, maybe some folks, we, you know, I can't fault you for what you don't know, but once you know better, Hunter Pulse to do better. So that's why I wanted to have you here tonight because I know just like me, you love history. You love history. We're bibliophiles. We we ingest books, you know. And so my thing is when we're celebrating a man like Dr. Carter G. Woodson's legacy by saying we're celebrating black history and we be Gullah Geechee anointed people, I think that we need to get these people back before 1870 for a minute. I need them to understand the value of what you just said about land, land tenure, land ownership. Tell these folks what happened. Because even when you mentioned what you said on yesterday, many of y'all, if y'all follow our Facebook page, like I said, Gullah Geechee Nation, Gullah Geechee TV, you can watch what Dr. Teray said yesterday when he said, my world is not your world. It was broadcast on Facebook Live. We shared the video Dr. Teray, what happened in Savannah with 20 black preachers? What happened? Oh, oh, oh. General Sherman arrives in Savannah on December 21st, 1865. Uh, 1864. So he arrives in the city of Savannah. Then on, uh, in January, like like two weeks later after Sherman arrives, black folks in Savannah start their own school system. Savannah now is back a part of the Union, so black folks in Savannah start a school system. Again, and they teach their own people, their own superintendents, their own principals, their own teachers, and secure their own buildings. This is what black folks in Savannah will do. But it doesn't yeah. stop there. On January 3rd, 1865, they start their school. Later on in January, 20 black ministers will get with Sherman also about a meeting, about what's happening with black folks, what's going to occur for black folks. Because there have been some other things that happened that Sherman was saying that people were saying that he didn't like the Negroes. He didn't like the Negro and that allowed some things, his forces allowed certain things to happen in Ebenezer, Ebenezer Creek in Effingham County, Georgia. Yes, yes. What then mm-hmm. arose from that meeting, pretty much Sherman is now sitting those black folks, and he started asking those black men, those 20 black ministers, he will then ask the question of them, what does the Civil War represent to black folks? Yes. And those men, what they said, they said only one of cracky teeth for we, only we cracky teeth for we, only one will speak for okay. all of us. That's what they said, and they got Reverend Garrison Frazier from historic church, Bryant Baptist Church, the oldest continuous black church in North America. And by this time, Frazier is an elderly brother, elderly minister. So Frazier is the one appointed to speak on behalf of all of them. And Sherman, Sherman, when he posed the question to Frazier, Frazier then begins to talk about, I'm going to just paraphrase, but he said the Civil War is not about, you know, just about us having our freedom. And about this man has had a control over our bodies and over our work that they had an uncontrollable desire to control our bodies, our work, and they got wealthy off of all of that. He said, yeah. this was not just about us having our freedom, not having our bodies, having the ability to work. He said, this, land, this war is about land. He said, this war is about us not having land. One, we can have freedom. But then we got to have land. We got to have, as land. I tell folks, the political p- component. You got your freedom. And then having, as you said, that right to vote. 
But then also, it's about us having an economic vehicle, land, autonomy, independence. If we have land, then guess what? We got autonomy. We can pull it all together. Politics, I mean, political power, economic power. Now, I'll throw something out that was interesting. There's a man by the name of William Whipple, Whipple, excuse me, who is in South Carolina. That's right. Out of Buford County, out of Buford County. And he goes to South Carolina. He goes and says he wants the enfranchisement of all citizens. Caucasians laugh at they they make a market whipple. Whipple's not saying, listen here, and this again, I say because he's in the Gullagichi area. He Whipple's not saying, check this out. This this right to vote is not just tied to men, it should be tied to women also. The women also we're ahead of the curve. We're we're ahead of the curve. And so that's what happened. But then what it goes on, Savannah goes specific to what you're saying. It is now about land, and we get something called yeah. Special Field Order Number 15, order number a.k.a. 15. 40 Acres in a Mule. And mm-hmm. that is what yes, happens sir. in Savannah, where black men get together and tell Sherman what has to happen for their future, for themselves, and for their families. And, 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 so and that's why I say it. Go ahead. Yeah. So what, what, what I emphasize the point that that is not just about them having, again, they're having control of their bodies now, of themselves, of their families. Mm-hmm. They not mm-hmm. also want to have that economic component because like, we'd be able to take That's care of ourselves, sustain yeah. ourselves, and then have a yeah. surplus. And I tell them, when you talk about surplus, guess what that surplus means? We cannot barter and trade with one another, economics. Right. The South is right. a growing economy. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And see, what's so critical here is I just want people to be very clear on what we're talking about. These are men here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, what we call a coastal empire. These men were religious men. They were the spiritual leaders at that time in history, at that t- all the way up to, we would say, the civil rights era. People at least looked toward the church as a pivotal place for their leaders to come out of. I don't know, but now, but again, make your election sure is scriptural. That comes out of the Bible. You want folks who are going to make their yay or yay and then nay or nay. Here it is. One man was elected by the group to speak. I'm one person. One woman who was elected yep. by the Gullah Geechee Nation yep. to speak. The parallels are astounding because all of what you just said, Dr. Ray, you talk about economic power. You talk about still being an agrarian society. You talked about bartering. You talked about education. You talked about sustainability. All these are things that you know well because you served in our inaugural Wisdom Circle Council Elders that we address in the Constitution of the Gullah Geechee Nation. We picked up, essentially, from Absolutely. that special field order. We picked up yep. from the same uh, South Carolina, the Congressional Congress, the Reconstruction Congress that went forth, that they said was pretty much all black or all Negro out of South Carolina. They had a bunch yep. of noise uh-huh. going on about these blacks in the low country region taking over. And, and like you said, using the word enfranchisement. You see, Whipper and Robert Smalls and them standing shoulder to shoulder saying, we want enfranchisement for our folks. 
And they went That's as right. far as letting folks know that were in upcountry South Carolina, look, if you cannot be economically empowered there, if you can't be respected there, that if every time you attempt to try to get ahead and stop sharecropping and try to farm for yourself or open a business, they burn your place, they let you, guess what? Move. Bring your family to the coast. Come to be mm-hmm. young. These types of calls went out again because as a whole, one of the things that you pointed out in your in service yesterday was that we are our protection. We are our protection. Yes. But we have to elect to stand forward and stand on these shoulders of our ancestors who understood that, who had vision, because where there is no vision, the people perish. And so when Mm -hmm. we talk about people being caught up in foolishness, we know that's the blind. They're out here hashtagging stay woke while they sleep. You see what I'm saying? Because you can't stay nothing that you're not. We got to wake you up first. And we got to wake you up and get you in these books. We have too high of an illiteracy rate going on in the black community at large, but especially in the Delegation Nation, where people want to text, but you don't want to read. You don't want to sit up here and actually ingest the knowledge of, of the value of the full written document that we used to call the text. You want to text, but you don't want to read. And so that's a problem. And if you were to read you would start to find these rich stories of these kind of powerful men that stood up not only for themselves but stood up for women as well, like you said, with Whipper. Yeah. He didn't feel a threat. He didn't feel no threat to say that the women need to vote also. He didn't yeah. feel no threat. Yeah. That could only empower all of us because we have that balance with both of us being fully engaged. Yeah. How much further mm-hmm. could the family go when both of us are fully yeah. engaged, you see? So I was talking, as you heard when you came on the line, about when you and I were in the documentary Reconstructing the Second Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. never forgotten us being out there depicting our ancestors who were with Tunis Campbell forming the township there, St. Yeah. Catherine. Yeah. I've yeah. never yeah. forgotten yeah. watching you and Ron and S.B., Voting and well, you tried to vote your vote, couldn't get in the ballot box at the time, but y'all were depicting yeah. our ancestors voting. How did that Stop. feel to you? How did that feel? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I was gonna say, Stop, like you know, when, when I go try to vote, like, Stop, cut, I, cut, I'm like, Wait a minute, why can I not go and vote like everybody else's vote? Every time they cut, they, they cut on you. Every time they still did. Your boy, your they boy, cut, cut. Every time they still did, they still did. They never let you get your full ballot in that box. But you were trying though. You were pushing though. You weren't giving up. That's the part I like. <laughs> you weren't giving up. Reverend James Sims, 
will take groups of black men out of Chatham County, not marching to Bryan County, to make sure that black people were able to exercise their right to vote. And that was a part of it. The picture one of them scenes where these folks are now walking. They're walking with clubs. They're walking with everything they can to make sure that we're going to exercise the yeah. right to vote against what we That's call right. the predecessors of the Klan. So, again, so they, mm-hmm. here goes Caucasian trying to thwart us. Here go these black men who now stand up and say, uh-uh, we're going to make sure that our brothers have the right to vote. That, that right. to me, again, symbolically represented our ancestors and the power that we have today. As I tell people, in the atoms of your body, you got that in you. It's in the atom. Yeah. Every single atom in your body has that. That's a part of your yeah. genetic makeup. That's a part of your foundation that goes back for eons of time, yeah. eons of time. So, but yeah. we around here acting like we just we just got we were like a leaf in the wind that we were just created or something like that. Just, we just saw. I'm saying, fool, you're not the leaf and uh, leaf. You are the tree. No. You, you are the, the root tree. of the whole you tree. You, that's right. You the seed. You all that's, of that exactly. Yeah, that's right. You produce so it. it. So you have you, yeah. you have that power. You have that ability. You have that strength. Yes, absolutely. And we have to draw on that strength. And we have to encourage each other to strengthen one another. Iron, iron sharpen iron. So we got to be that iron. We done been through the fire. We done, we done been honed out. We done been beat on. We done done all of that. We have shaped. And now that we are that iron, we have to have this iron sharpening other iron. We have to produce another generation of warriors that would walk the streets, that would stand up, that would not let any of their efforts be thwarted. So we're telling you, this is not just a poster, African Americans in the vote. It's not just a poster. It's not just a picture for y'all to tweet. It's something that if you do anything this month, you need to print it out from the Asala website. They always have all the items and things, different things for you to know about what the theme is. Go on and Google the theme for this year. You see it's African Americans in the vote. Print the poster out. Put the poster on your wall and look at it every day and then turn around here and tell us you ain't registered to vote or you ain't voting February the 29th. You ain't going nowhere to do nothing in South Carolina. Y'all know full well y'all got a vote coming up. And then you turn around November when somebody else be in there or back in there that you don't want. Ain't no need in crying about that. Ain't no need in crying at that point. Because as Dr. Therese said, you have the power within you to do this. It's in your DNA. It's in every atom, every cell of your body. Enact it. Enact it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're giving you some things for your mind tonight that maybe you didn't know. But like I said, we couldn't fault you before, or we can now. Because you know now. So you know better. You got to do better. We didn't just start voting yesterday, and nobody gave us no vote. People died for the ability to vote. And now, my thing is about making your election sure. Elections are not always at the ballot box. Election is what choices we make every day, what we choose to do or not do. Dr. Teray, once again, you know, it was a wonderful night, wonderful night um, to share with you and with the Bluffed and Hilton Head Martin Luther King Observance Committee to start the year off at the Black Excellence Bowl. That was powerful. Yes, but yes, no one could have yes, ever. Indeed. Yeah, I would have lost probably the bet if someone had said, "Well, you know the day gonna come. 
you and Dr. Tere going to be given a war at the, at the same thing on the same night, right? It's like, really? You really think so? In your own home county, in our home county, that would have been the thing. Right. We That's both right. got That's Beaver right. County, South Carolina yeah. roots. That would have been the kicker. That's I would right. have accepted. I might have not took the better they just said in general. But what they said, in your county and Beaver County, and that mm-hmm. event was going to be on mm-hmm. his head, I, I would have lost the bet because I don't think I would have thought it would happen. So to actually be in the room, to experience that, to take the pictures with you afterwards was powerful, and to have the new mayor, Savannah, uh, be a surprise to give you your award. How did that feel for you, and what what do you see going forward in terms of social justice and what you elect to do and what you think folks need to be doing here in the Gullah Geechee Nation? Um, um. Queen Quinn, I tell you, it was absolutely surprised. Did not expect the mayor to be there, Mayor Johnson to be there. And he said something to the table. He said, Yeah, he said, You come here uh, to get an award, but you won't get recognized in Savannah like that. <laughs> like, that's that's like, okay. I'm like, wow, ain't that something? Well, he needs to change that then. He's the mayor so, now. Yeah, I said, I, You know, I, you know I, I said, You know, I'm Hilton Head in Savannah. So I said, Hilton Head side, you know, Hilton Head side, recognize it. Savannah side, you know, hey, the people are the ones who recognize it. So that's why I don't that's put it. that too much. I said, because right. we got the mutual love for the people, and we have to have the validation right. from these other folks. This when the people go and recognize it, and that's all good. And I'm gonna come that's and it. respond to what you're saying, but I'm gonna say it like this: I hit people with this right here. I ask folks. I said, and I do this often with folks, especially when February comes in. I said, what is the first federal holiday that was inspired by and created based on an African? You know, I said oh, February first. Folks would say Black Freedom Black, Day. Black, Black, they say black, black. They say black, um, black history month. Black. Uh, I knew you was gonna King say that. Day, right? <laughs> I said, I said, that people gonna say, it, but it is National Freedom Day. Freedom Day. And yeah. That's right. The first president of Savannah State University, Major Richard R. Wright, will be the inspiration, the originator of National Freedom Day that celebrates mm-hmm. and counts the freedom of all people in this nation. Like what mm. you were talking when you when I got on, what you were saying, I was like, mm. I said that's National Freedom Day, the freedom of all people, but in particular, it's tied to the Thirteenth Amendment. That's what it's tied to, but the freedom of everybody. Uh-huh. Our first president, Savannah State University, is the one who will go and tout that right there, create that later on, be signed right out year after his death. Yes, done mm-hmm. by Truman. Who's there also? Mayor McLeod Bethune is right there, one of the people right mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. here go our story, our power right uh-huh. there. A black man has a vision in his head, and it manifests itself politically. It manifests yeah. itself. Black men and black yeah. women have visions in their minds and in their hearts, and that's why I say in their souls, in every fabric of, who, yeah. of their being, and we can manifest that. we got to manifest that. We yeah. can't be sitting back yeah. and just like when you threw it out there also say, it's not just, just the voting. My thing is that what you got to do is then hold these people that you elect your office accountable. That's you hold it. them accountable. You let the joker know that I tell people, guess the politicians, you don't tell me what to do. You listen to me right. to do what I tell you to do. You make do. it happen right. that way. And give right. you an example, show you how funny that is. Here go brothers and sisters here who have been activists. They get elected to office right now. But years before, they had been telling the city of Savannah staff persons, telling them, listen, what y'all about to do is a problem for our communities, our three black communities, our three delicate communities, that this is a problem right here. And actually it's for them that they will say, hey, it's going to be a problem what y'all trying to do. City officials uh, and, and employees start saying, well, no, we can't do it like that. 
But guess what? As I said, what happened in 2019, you have black sisters and brothers who are elected to office who have been activists in this city right here. They did not get elected. And guess what? Those same city employees who said what could not happen with regards to those neighborhoods, guess what they had done in January? In January 2020, when we got this new council, city council members, they did not said, yeah. hey, this is what we can do right here. So before they had been telling these black folks, no, we can't do it like that. But guess what? We now got this new city council who are summoning mm-hmm. up with the activists that have been involved in this. Now the city employees yeah. are saying, oh, yeah, we can do that right there. We can work it like that. That can be done. Also, and to see the irony in that, see how ironic that is? Ironic see, it is, That comes yeah. down to when we don't hold them accountable, then they just go with it. And then you listen to what they tell them, what they tell you. Right, you, you what they tell you. Tell them because what they are they your servants. They are your employees. You can go and fire right. them when it comes down to election. Or you can that's go it. ahead and do a petition and get them removed. But then right. that's the deal. We don't see our own power even after we elect them and put them in. You supposed to work for me. You're not just supposed to just sit me and tell me stuff. That's why I'm saying airs property issues and we got people who we elect into office on the county and state levels not doing anything for us. Guess what? We need some new people. We need to let we everybody know. People. If you start doing stuff like that, say we're gonna get you out of here, guess what? Right. We begin to function differently. Our school oh, yeah. that that service our children they're not doing what they need to do for our children because, again, to you some other crazies in Savannah, Chatham County, Georgia, they want to have a transportation hub here in the city for our kids. We like transportation hub. We don't need to have no transportation hub. Our kids need to, because you want them, the schools they got to go to across the city, other stuff like that, they still need to get on their buses. They don't need to be trying to come out their pocket to go to school and other stuff like that. Right. So, but no. you know, some elected officials went along with that, but guess what? We didn't use the power we got in our hands that people don't even get, don't even value it, but we'll value it for some, some insanity, some stupidity. Yeah. I used yep. the Internet and began to put stuff on the Internet and criticized the Board of Education in Chatham County about a transportation hub and began putting it out there. So other people began to see yeah. it. So now what then happened? They go and they say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't need to do this right here. We're going to go back and do an alternative. What they want to backtrack now. That's right. So now somebody from the school board when they say, Y'all did it. Y'all did it. And I'm like, Okay. Because that person uh-huh. now saying it was the power of y'all speaking up. Because others were not right. doing it. Even the elected officials weren't doing it. But now when they saw y'all not rising up, we had a city manager wanna have a fire tax in the city. We like that's gonna hurt our people. And what we did, we went again, used social media and put it out there, bam. And started putting it out there. So then the media picked up on it. And so now, bam. Here go Van Johnson. They're going to say, we need to stop that fire tax. So now our current mayor, he went and said, bam, when he was an alderman, he went a city council member. That's when he said, no, we need to stop this. But it came it from us stop. using social media, the thing that we got yeah. right in our hands that we use for other foolishness and madness. You don't even understand. Right. You can change your political future and your economic future and your economic right. present, and your political present. That's what right. we got to use, the tools that we got. You are exactly because our ancestors did that. That's right. Right. That's right. Yes. Yes. They our ancestors used the tools that was right at their hand. Exactly. They, that's, that's right. You right. got a big slingshot, and you got a big rock oh, in that big what? slingshot. That's right. That's right. That's right. You got a rock that go around the world in that slingshot. Believe me, I know that's from right. experience. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And we need. And, and so, we need but to y'all, y'all it. wondering 
how do y'all, how do you do this? How do you know? How do you, oh, I don't know who he is. It's the first I heard of him or whatever. Y'all can follow Gullah Observances. Gullah Observances is on YouTube. Go and subscribe to the channel. You can follow Amir Teray on Facebook. If you follow Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook, we post many times and repost. The Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, which sponsors this broadcast, posts and repost. We also, Dr. Teray, what are you, Day Clean Soul on Instagram? Day Clean Soul on Instagram. That's it. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, Day Clean Soul on Instagram. All right. And we're at Gullah Geechee on Instagram. We're at Gullah Geechee on Twitter. So don't say to us, well, man, you know, because I see time is winding up, and I know some of my regular listeners, even those listening live, as well as those who y'all going to be downloading this, y'all be listening to the podcast later on. You know, I appreciate you on demand. Y'all listen to it, and y'all demand more. Y'all going to be like, well, wait a minute. Why that time went back so fast? Why so fast? Oh, and they about to go off. Yeah, we almost about to go off, but we we going off already. I know some of y'all say, nah, y'all already going off. Y'all going off on us. Yeah, we going off on you. Because as Dr. Therese said, you have the tool in your hand. Many of you listen to us right now. Yeah. That tool. Yeah. Yeah. We are challenging you tonight. Tweet this show. Repost this That's show. That's right. If you That's on right. Facebook, repost the show. Tweet the show. Y'all yeah. bootleg our other stuff. Bootleg the audio of this. Go on and put yeah. this out there on Instagram. Put this in your blogs. Embed this on your programs. We want you to make sure you are actively engaged. And if you're standing with us, we're standing with you. You're standing with us, we're standing with you. we got That's to right. make sure that we are standing for justice. we got to keep our land here. We keep our land here by changing environmental injustice to justice, period. Not just us. That's right. Justice. Okay, and so we have to have justice across the board. And so I appreciate you, Dr. Teray, for thinking that not robbery to spend some time Black History Month. I know you're busy, just like me, but I pray to God we connect up February the 23rd, y'all. 22nd, I'm going to be on Jekyll Island, me and Brother Quadre Stuckey, with the artistry of Bella Geechee at the Jekyll Island Convention Center. But that Sunday, I'm doing Gullah Geechee God's Elect at Haven Sheffield United Methodist Church at 4 p.m., the Black History Celebration in Brunswick, Georgia. And so I want you all to meet us there, but if you all follow GullahGeecheeNation.com, all these events are there. Follow Gullah Geechee Nation on Facebook. You see us always posting our events. We'll get Dr. Teray back on the program again. But Dr. Teray, any closing words for the audience before we close out tonight? I'm like, we, we are family. We look out for one another. And it's not just about us in Savannah. It's about wherever African people are. It's not just us on Hilton Head, on St. Helena, on Pritchardville, on Bluffton, right. on Amelia Island, Fernandina, Uly, Charleston, uh, 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 Pauly's Island, uh, you know, Wilmington. No, it's about all of us. We look out for all of us. It's about us in Brazil. It's for us in uh, Talladega. It's for us in Vermont. It's for us in Europe, us in Canada, at home in Africa, in the Pacific Isles. All of that is about us as a family. We work for us. That's right. We definitely, we work for we. And on the chiller, 
you know who this shall be. This shall the Queen Quet, head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. It's a blessing tonight to celebrate black history and a living legacy in our nation. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Teray, for coming to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Peace and blessings, everybody. Keep up the fight. Blessing. It's only right. Peace. Thank you.